Welcome to Hope for Your Heart radio broadcast. I'm Don Bradford, thanking you for tuning in to this listener-supported ministry of Hickory Ridge Community Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Today, we begin a three-part series entitled Response Able. The more responsible we can become, the more able we are to bless others and to be used by God. In this series, we will discover five ways we become more response-able. President Truman had on his desk a two and a half inch by 13 inch walnut stand with the words painted on glass that read, the buck stops here. Here's Pastor Calvin with part one of Are You Response Able? Well, hello, my friends. Thank you so much for joining the broadcast today. And today we're beginning a three-part series that I'm calling Response Able. Response Able, kind of a play on words, the word responsibility. You know, many years ago, I was in sales. And uh, part of being a salesman, uh, you learn a whole lot about other people, but you learn a whole lot about yourself, right? Uh, you learn about your strengths, you learn about your weaknesses, you learn about the level of responsibility you have. And I discovered that as a salesman, it's one of those jobs that if you're not a responsible person, you're not going to do very well with it. You know, some jobs, uh, you might be able to scrape on by and kind of keep a low profile and keep intact okay and get by okay. But when it comes to sales, there's no way you can be an irresponsible sales because it will tell on you real quick. You want to think about developing of our character. I'm convinced the older I get that God is much more interested in our character than our comfort. You know, we have this idol called comfort. We love to have the temperature just right. We love to have everything, our food just right, the right temperature. Uh, We want things done instantly. Uh, We don't want it too hot, too cold. Uh, We don't want the pastor's sermons to be too loud, but it's going to be loud enough that we can hear them. Uh, It can't be too long, but we don't want it too short. Uh, We don't want the music to be too loud or too soft. Uh, We kind of have things in our lives and we like things to be real comfortable. But God wants us to get out of our comfort zone. He wants us to learn to be responsible. So as I'm working this sales job, one of the things I had to learn is to take responsibility because I had a family that was depending upon me. And my paycheck was directly related to my performance. If I did a good job selling, I was well compensated. If I didn't do such a good job selling, I wasn't well compensated. So this company spent a lot of time investing in training us. And one of the things we went through is a character series. And each month, we would have a different character trait that we would work on. There's about 35 salesmen, and we would go together, and we would learn these character traits together. And the first one that we looked at was responsibility. And so today, I want to share with you, and we'll be looking at some scriptures that go along with it, but there's five things you need to know about being a responsible person. First of all, you need to know and do your duty. You know, the Bible says to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's Galatians 6.2. And then when you drop down to verse number five, it says, for each of you will have to bear his own load. Now, which one is it, Paul? Am I to bear other people's loads or am I to bear my own load? To which I would say, yes, we are to bear our own load. There are certain things that God has called us to carry. Sometimes God wants us to help somebody else carry their burden. We're responsible for both. Galatians 6, 7, dropping down a couple more verses. Verse 2 says, bear one of those burdens. Verse 5 says, each of you have to bear their own load. Verse 7, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever one sows, that shall he also reap. So a responsible person knows their duty and they do their duty. 
The second thing we know about responsibility is that there's an accountability factor to being responsible. Paul put it this way. Paul says, he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wage according to his labor. We're going to be accountable. We're going to be receiving compensation according to what we have done, according to our labor. Now, salvation is a free gift. You can't earn that. But once you're saved, your life radically changes, and God says, I have a work for you to accomplish. You will be rewarded, not with your eternal destiny, but your eternal reward based upon how well you labor, how responsible you are. So number one, you got to know your duty. Number two, you got to be accountable. Number three, you got to keep your commitments. Paul says, 1 Corinthians 13, verse number 11, he says, you know, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I remember my daughter, Ann, when she was born. Now, she'd be very embarrassed if she found out I'm saying this about her. But when she was young, just learning how to talk, uh, she would talk gibberish. We had no idea what she she was saying. My wife would get around and says, well, there goes Ann again. She's speaking in Swahili. And uh, we couldn't understand a word she was saying. We found out later the reason she had trouble speaking is because she had trouble hearing. And so we finally went to the doctors and they put tubes in her ears. And when she was able to hear much better, all of a sudden her speech began to clear up and she began to speak with more clarity. And, And so Paul says, you know, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child, but then I became a man and I gave up childish ways. What is Paul saying? I became responsible. You know, children, they don't realize how much they have it made. You think about a child, they come in this world and everything they have is given to them. Their food, their shelter, uh, their protection, their clothes, everything they possibly need is given to them. What a blessing it is. Uh, so many times when I was a kid, I said, I can't wait to get older. And now that I'm older, I said, man, I was, I, I was a kid again because there's not a heavy responsibility placed upon kids. Now, as your kids grow, obviously, there's age-appropriate responsibilities that you want to place upon them. You want to teach them to keep their commitments. I remember one time, uh, my son signed up to play on a sports team and And about halfway through the season, it wasn't going well, and he wasn't happy, and he didn't think he was getting enough play time. And he said, Dad, I'm going to quit the team. I said, no, you're not going to quit the team. I said, you're going to stay with that team. If you don't play next year, uh, you don't have to play next year, but you made a commitment to that team and to that coach that you're going to stay on that team. I said, you're going to keep playing until the season's over. And I said, I don't care if you sit on the bench the whole season, you're not going to quit. Well, he hung in there. You know, about three-fourths of the way through the season, the coach saw him constantly participating and, and constantly out there with a good attitude, so started putting him in toward the end of the season. You see, we're going to be accountable. Paul says, there's one who plants, there's one who waters, but we're going to receive these wages according to our labor. We've got to keep our commitments. Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I thought as a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. So number four. Responsible people make no excuses. Now, I've come up with a definition of what an excuse is. This is how I define an excuse. An excuse is a cleverly disguised lie that we use when we don't want to do something. When I don't want to do something, I can come up with a pretty good excuse. My wife and I were talking about this the other day. And, you know, we are blessed with a special needs child. And I say it's a blessing, right? Sometimes, however, we can use our special needs child as an excuse. Well, I would come help you out, but I got Seth, right? Uh, Sometimes we are guilty of coming up with these excuses because we don't want to do something. 
In Ezekiel 18.20, this is a fascinating verse. I'm reading the New Living Translation, Ezekiel 18.20. The person who sins is the one who will die. The child will not be punished for the parent's sin, and the parent will not be punished for the child's sin. Righteous people will be rewarded for their own righteous behavior, and wicked people will be punished for their own wickedness. Now, that should take a burden off your back. There's no excuses, right, for your behavior, but I'm not responsible for everybody else's behavior. I'm responsible for my own sin. I'm responsible and will be rewarded for my own righteousness. I cannot be responsible for somebody else. And I hope that sets you free a little bit today, because when we think about not making excuses, realize that one day you will be judged. The Bible says, Hebrews 9 and 27, it's appointed unto man once to die and after this to judgment. Every one of us will face Christ, whether we're a believer or not. We will be judged for our works. No excuses. Responsible people are more able to do things because they don't have excuses in their life. They eliminate excuses. You know, I think about determination to do something. If I want to do something bad enough, ain't no mountain too high. There's no expense too great. I will do it. And I think if you're honest, you'll do the same thing. No excuses. Responsible people overcome excuses. And then number five, responsible people always do their best. Paul put it this way, Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. He says, whatever you do, whatever it is, work heartily, as unto the Lord and not unto men. Working heartily unto the Lord. You see, we have this profound obligation. The Bible says that if anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially those who are the members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That word responsibility. A responsible person knows and does what is expected of him. You know, sometime toward the end of the 16th century, English society adopted that old French word in English, that word responsible. And it means to correspond or to answer to. In other words, I say that I'm going to do something and then I actually do it. There's this emphasis on the individual that he's going to be answerable to somebody. He's going to be responsible to somebody. You see, the primary concept behind responsibility is that individuals must give an account or they must answer for their own choices, their own actions, their own words. I don't know who said this, but somebody said, while I sought happiness, she fled before me constantly. Wearily, I turned to duty's path and happiness sought me. You see, responsibility is recognizing what it takes to fulfill the duty that I'm called to carry out. It's an obligation that is really driven from within us. So many times we are forced to be responsible, but how much more productive and how much more could God use us if we had this internal drive? You see, responsibility is knowing within oneself what needs to be done. President Woodrow Wilson said, duty is a very handsome word. But let every man look at it that he comprehended what it really means. It conveys an obligation from within, not from merely without. We have not done our duty. We have not even earned our wages when we have done merely that which we are obligated to do. We have done our duty only when we have done that which we know completes the service. When we have put the best 
that was in us back into our task with all of our hearts. You see, this is something that is within a person. You know, character flaws are hard to repair because they come from within. One of the reasons I think you ought to create some really good habits in your life is because those habits kind of take over. It's kind of like muscle memory, right? If you've learned good driving habits, uh, you automatically do certain things. You don't think about it anymore. You just automatically do it. If you've gotten a habit, for example, of driving within the speed limit, it's much easier to carry on that habit, and you don't even think about it. You just drive within the speed limit. But if you have created a bad habit, it's much harder to break that habit. So we've got to have character within us. I remember many years ago, we had a staff member and had a lot of talent, an abundance of talent, but had very little character. And I remember I sat down with this person and, and I was trying to help this individual and I, and I was trying to be as gracious as I could with this person. But I said to this individual, I said, I want you to know something. And I said, I don't mean to insult you with this, but this is how I see why you're being held back. I said, because I think that your talent has taken you further than your character can sustain. Your talent is taking you further than your character can sustain. That's why so many people will climb up the ladder of success only to ruin it and they self-implode. Why? Because they had some talent that got them up on the top of the ladder of success, but their character couldn't sustain them. A responsible person is one who understands that I've got to face an issue and I've got to look at it facing this issue and I've got to know what my duty is and I've got to do it even when I don't feel like doing it. When I think about being a responsible person, I think about that funny little story, the three little pigs. You know that story very well, the story of the three little pigs, right? And we had one pig that was very industrious and always was working, and he had two other pigs uh, that were not so industrious. Now, I know that's just a fable, but there's a lot of truth that we can learn from the three little pigs. We learn that the person who is industrious, in the end, the person that is responsible, in the end, is the one who comes out on top. Somebody says that the path of duty lies in what is near. And men seek it for that which is remote. More people need to understand the concept of responsibility. You know, there's a book that was written many years ago called Little Woman. It was by Louisa May Alcott. It's a fascinating story about a 10-year-old, and she's writing in her diary and writing about her family. And her family lived in Massachusetts, and uh, they were living in a, a community, what they called the Fruitlands. And Louisa's father and uh, those who others who had gathered within the community had high hopes for their society. But the little girl was not so sure. She says, I don't see who is to clothe and who is to feed us. She continued on in her journal. When we are so poor now, I was very dismal. I was very discouraged. And then I went for a walk and I made a, a poem. And she put together this poem telling about this society that she thought would never function because nobody took responsibility. Well, she was right. That Fruitlands ended up going bankrupt because nobody took responsibility. As you think about your life, God has called you to a particular job, to a particular responsibility. No one can accept responsibility in the world unless he takes it first on his own doorstep. In other words, I can be a blessing to more people when I'm responsible with what God has given 
to me. I think about the issue of stewardship. One of the reasons that you ought to be a good steward of the resources that God has given to you is so that you can bless somebody else. You cannot really bless somebody else fully until you have learned to be responsible with what God has given you. You know, the Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, running over, shall man give to your bosom. When we think about the ability to give, we are responsible that we can earn and then we can give. When you think about relationships, there's responsibilities within relationships. Many of the most notable responsibilities of a working relationship are found on the job. Fulfilling a task at the job. Maybe you've been assigned to paint a wall, for example. You know, a responsible person will lay out the drop cloths, will prepare the surface of the wall, will ensure that there's proper ventilation, will make sure that everything is set up, how they put out the wet paint signs and they clean up when they're done, and so on. When we think about responsibility, it involves a willingness to unpack all the expectations that are implicit in a set of instructions rather than addressing only those explicitly stated. Now, if you're like me, oftentimes I will be irresponsible in putting things together. You know, I'm so thankful that we have Ikea right here in Norfolk, right in our backyard. And if you ever purchase anything at Ikea, you know, you got to put it together. Well, I put a few things together in my day. And, and, and so oftentimes I just charge into this task of putting something together. And I'm one of those people, I don't read the instructions unless I absolutely have to. In other words, when it gets to the point where I can't figure it out, I say, oh, maybe this is a good time to read the instructions. That is really not a responsible thing to do. I've discovered that I have to take many things apart, all because I was in a rush to get something done the first time. Have you ever noticed there's never enough time to do it right the first time, but there's always enough time to do it right the second time? Well, I have found that lesson over and over and over again in my life. If I would just take the time, read the directions, then I could take it step by step, and in the long run, it'd save me a whole lot of time. You know, a responsible person doesn't wait for that to-do list to be handed to him every morning. He takes the initiative, he knows his daily assignments, and he takes that initiative because he's learned to be a person who is self-governed. He learns that he's going to take responsibility himself. You know, the bald eagles, they take responsibility for their family, caring for their dietary needs, taking care of and instructing them how to fly. You know, the parent eagle teaches with initial jumping exercises in the nest and and even flying on top of the uh, the nest. And and, and when they are ready for their, their little eaglets to fly, uh, they create air currents rushing over the, the feathers of the, of the little eaglet so that it can learn to fly, and, and they help out. And, and, and then as that little eaglet gets pushed out of the nest, if, if that eaglet is not going to make it, they swoop down and rescue that little eagle. You know, as you're a responsible person, you're able to help people more and more. You know, from the top of their lofty perches, the magnificent bald eagle is able to keep a sharp outlook on its entire domain. You know, eagles have this amazing eyesight. They can see a mile away. So if they see danger ahead, they prepare for it. If they see one of the eaglets in trouble, they can anticipate that because they can see it from a distance. They can jump in and take responsibility. As you think about your life, what area of your life 
is lacking in the air of responsibility. One of our presidents had on the front of his desk, the buck stops here. That was President Truman. You know, his life prior to the election, prior to becoming president, he had a life that was full of responsibilities. These responsibilities prepared him for the heavy load that he would later carry as President of the United States. You know, shortly after World War I, Mr. Wilson found himself in a terrible situation. He had a clothing store, and that clothing store was failing. Although he could have declared bankruptcy and paid only part of the debts, he instead chose to accept the full responsibility, and he paid back the debt in full. He realized that the buck had to stop with him. He had to take responsibility. You know that little phrase, the buck stops here, is actually a phrase that is used. It was very popular in the old Western saloons. As you would gather around to play a game of cards, there would be a buckhorn handle in the front of the table. And it was your turn as you had those that buckhorn handle in front of you. It was your turn to go ahead and deal. And then if you didn't want to deal or you didn't have a good hand to play, you would pass the buck to the next person, on to the next player. And they would have to lower their hands on it and play the deck. And if they couldn't play the hand they had, they would pass the buck. At the poker table, the idea of passing off responsibility worked pretty well. On the farm or in the shop, however, responsibility cannot simply be passed around the table. When a decision needs to be made or a a disagreement is resolved, the responsibility to make the call has to rest with somebody. It was President Harry S. Truman who popularized that expression and that answer to that old poker slogan in October of 1945. Truman installed that two and a half by 13 inch walnut stand holding that painted glass on the desk with the sign that read, the buck stops here. Well, as you look at your life, what area of your life do you need to take responsibility for? Abraham Lincoln said, you can't escape the responsibility of tomorrow by avoiding it today. What is it today that you must take responsibility for? Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe as you've been listening to the broadcast today, say, you know, I need to deal with something and I need to follow through with something and I've been putting it off and I've been putting it off and I've discovered that putting off brokenness doesn't make it any better. Eventually, you've got to deal with it. So many times we like to run from our problems and instead of facing them head on. Oh, can I encourage you today? Follow what Jesus gives us in Matthew chapter 18. That if your brother has offended you, you go to him. You go to him privately after you've been prayed up and after you've considered yourself and after you've removed that big old plank out of your own eye, now you can see clearly that little splinter that's in your brother's eye and you go to him. And I've discovered that when I go to my brothers and sisters in Christ, when I take the responsibility, I discover that God is able to use that broken relationship and he puts it back together. You know, if you have a broken a bone, you know, at the point of that break, If that bone has been jointed back together and it heals properly, it is stronger at that point of break. It is very rare that you break a bone in the same place twice because at that healing point, it's stronger than it was prior to the break. I find that is true with relationships. I remember many years ago, I had a lady who brought some false accusations against me and 
and I was so ticked off at her. I finally decided I'm going to sit down with her, and I'm going to explain my side of the story. And I sat down with her, and it turned out to be a case of mistaken identity. She thought I was somebody else. A simple misunderstanding was easily taken care of. That person became a dear friend of mine. And I remember when I left that particular church, that lady came up to me and she thanked me. And she says, you know, you're the only person that I think really cares about me. You know, taking responsibility for our lives is a blessing not only to us and not only to our family, but also to your workplace and and also to those within your community. I think that the Lord is expecting us to take responsibility. When Jesus looked out and he saw that the fields were white under the harvest, he says, Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers. You know, part of our responsibilities as followers of Christ is to share the good news wherever we go. You probably have a co-worker or a friend or a neighbor or a family member who don't know Christ. Has it ever occurred to you that you're responsible to share the good news with them? If you'd like me to pray for a person in particular that you'd like to see saved, would you give me a call at 757-421-7500? I promise you, I will pray for that person by name. I pray that they'll be born again, that they'll enter into a relationship with Christ, and I pray that God will open up the opportunities for you to share the gospel with them. Well, thank you so much for listening to part one of Response Able. I hope you join me tomorrow as we look at part two. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, In Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.